This edition of Nation Talk is being brought to you by Scotiabank. Respecting your past, trusting your future. Think what we can achieve together. Welcome to another edition of Nation Talk. I'm Jennifer Ashawasage. The Idle No More movement is continuing to grow after the big rally in Ottawa on January 11th. The day also saw a handful of chiefs, including the National Chief of the Assembly of First Nations, meet with the Prime Minister. Through the movement, Idle No More founders have called on the people to join in a revolution to honour and fulfil Indigenous sovereignty which protects lands and water. And this is something supported by the Anishinaabeg Nation or Union of Ontario Indians. Grand Council Chief Patrick Madabi also supports Attawapiskat First Nation Chief Teresa Spence and her call for a meeting between First Nations, the Prime Minister and the Governor-General. On January 15th, the Anishinaabeg Nation issued a media release stating words haven't worked, time for action. Grand Council Chief Patrick Madabi spoke with Nation Talk on January 15th. First and foremost, we had very uh, uh, unfortunate results uh, from the meeting uh, that occurred last Friday and uh, the Prime Minister has, hasn't indicated anything new. Uh, he gave us the same uh, runaround as last year's meeting uh, where uh, they left us in, uh, in the dark uh, as to even the meeting venue until late Thursday afternoon and then they said that only 30 or so people would attend and only two items would be discussed. He would only show up for a half hour at the beginning and at the end, which wasn't uh, agreeable by the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs wanted an open and transparent uh, forum and they had a big venue there and they asked the prime minister and the governor general to come and join us we had a meeting uh right up till thursday night and then unbeknownst to us uh you know we thought we had unanimity in the crowd the national chief and a small delegation went to see the prime minister they put forth eight points that we had discussed earlier and uh only three of those are uh, have some degree of uh, agreement by the prime minister but he's very vague fairly vague some of those issues uh even if the national chief uh had been supported in going over there uh he, he does not represent the treaty areas and uh, has no mandate to speak for them anyway so i don't know what that puts uh the Prime Minister, uh, you know, who he's going to be able to talk to uh, in these so-called talks. So First Nations are going back out on the road. Things are going to start up. And I would imagine, uh, you know, things have been going on for some now, time now, and I imagine that uh, there's going to be various degrees of activity. We're not condoning anything uh, that's violent and uh, or illegal in nature, but uh, there will likely be slowdowns or disruptions uh in many different areas across uh, the province. What do you want to see come out of all of this? Well, there there's a number of things, and obviously uh, treaty implementation. We have to talk about jurisdiction. That is the outstanding uh, issue that was left from the constitutional talks 30 years ago. We were supposed to have convened another meeting to talk what is First Nation jurisdiction, what's federal jurisdiction, what's provincial jurisdiction, and where there may be areas of shared jurisdiction. That would clear up a lot of things. We got bounced off the constitutional table by separatism. Tree implementation, uh, resource revenue sharing, and economic development are important. A lot of the uh, day-to-day issues we hear about all the time, like education, health, dealing with the development of our economies is all important things. But I think we have uh, these major issues of treaty implementation and uh, and looking at jurisdiction, I think, is in my mind uh, some of the more important aspects. What are your thoughts on uh, Bill C-45? Bill C-45 and, and, and a lot of aspects of the omnibus bills are done with any consultation with the First Nations. And uh, a lot of it is not going to only be harmful to First Nations, but to uh, other Canadians as well. The government is so hell-bent on the mess they've created with the deficit that they're selling us out to... Uh, 
international companies, and they're fast-tracking environmental uh, protection, water protection, and uh, I think ordinary Canadians are uh, starting to uh, see this. They're starting to especially see that democracy has gone out the window in this country, and he is using the prime minister is using his majority halfway through his term so that they're going to do whatever they want to do now, hoping that the general public will forget by the time they're up for their next election. And so we know that the Idle No More movement actually started uh, through a hashtag in November, and that movement has grown exponentially, not only in Canada, but throughout the world. And how do you support the Idle No More movement? They are doing an excellent job. We have been uh, at a number of their rallies, you know, to support uh, the people from the uh, grassroots. There's been some uh, forums they've asked us to speak. Uh, others, we just join the crowd. We're grassroots people too. There are activities now being planned uh, by the First Nations themselves that run parallel. There's a number of actions. Uh, litigation is being planned. Uh, international activities being planned. So all these things that are uh, First Nations driven uh, are good things. And Chief Teresa Spence is continuing her hunger strike because um, the Governor General didn't attend the meeting on Friday with the Prime Minister, and that's something she called for when she started her hunger fast, or hunger strike rather, on December 11th. And, and so what are your thoughts on um, that? Well, the Prime Minister and the uh, Governor General don't seem to care. I went with uh, Chief Spence when she went to visit the Governor General. The Governor General, uh, they said it was going to be a ceremonial meeting. Uh, there was a little bit of tobacco passed to him, but you know he, he made a couple of flowery remarks, and his basic message was we need to build trust. Chief Perry Bellegarde uh, reminded him of his responsibility in terms of the honor of the Crown, and then Chief Spence spoke, and the two other... Uh, men that were fasting uh, addressed him about his need to uh, fulfill his role in terms of the relationship on our treaties. And then uh, Chief Wallace Fox uh, also admired, uh, finished explaining to him you know, that he needs to get more engaged. After that, uh, we all left. Uh, there was no uh, nothing nothing of substance come out of that one. So it's unfortunate. Uh, the chief, uh, uh, none of us want anything to happen to her or the fasters. She's very determined and uh, uh, we're still working to try to uh, give her the message that we think she's done her job in creating the awareness and everything. You know, I don't think any of us want anything to happen to her, but she is a strong lady. Looking into the issue with the Governor General again, tell us why it would be important to not only meet with the Prime Minister, but having the Governor General there as well. There was no treaties. Uh, these major treaties were not made with Canada. There is a, a Supreme Court case in, in British law called the Lord Denning case that talked about the, the visibility of the Crown and the responsibility of the Crown to fulfill its treaty obligations here in Canada and, and even with the provinces. And that is why it is important that the uh, Governor General be part of this because uh, there has to be a Crown representative there. The Prime Minister is only the uh, leader of the state of Canada. All laws are derived from British law. Culture, languages, and everything came from other countries. In the international sense, Canada itself shouldn't even be really recognized as a, as a country, uh, as a nation. We still see uh, you know, a nation-to-nation relationship. Our, our treaties are still intact. Uh, we've never been uh, violating the treaties from our side, so uh, we, need to, we need to speak to uh, the representative of the Crown. Where do you go from here? Well, the only thing that the Prime Minister seems to be listening to is uh, his pet project of trying to sell our, our economy out to foreign interests. Uh, so we have to create uncertainty here in this country. That's the only thing he understands. He doesn't uh, want to, uh, he wants to use his majority government to bully everybody. He uh, has no uh, heart, I guess, when it comes to the plight of uh, our people or the plight of Chief Spence and the other two folks that were fasting. So unfortunately, you know, we have no. Uh, no quarrel with uh, the Canadian public. This is with the government. 
it's unfortunate the Canadian public are getting caught in the middle in some of this thing. And I think they should be putting pressure on uh, on their government leaders to uh, to sit down and meet with us. I don't know what the, they are afraid of, what the, as the governments or the governor general. The Canadian public shouldn't be afraid of us. We've been here many, many centuries, and we're going to be here for many more centuries. We're not going away. Uh, there's no need to be afraid of us. You've been living with us, you know, since contact uh, for about 500 years. Uh, you're still here. Our people welcomed Canadians to this land. In fact, uh, helped them survive on this land. So, uh, you know, you don't need to be worried about us. That was Anishinaabek Nation Grand Council Chief Patrick Madabi, and you've been listening to another edition of Nation Talk. This edition of Nation Talk has been brought to you by Scotiabank. Respecting your past, trusting your future. Think what we can achieve together.